Hey there, we're coming at you from the green couch. And for speaking gigs, you speak, you, oh my gosh, you speaking? <laughs> I didn't have a job at the time. We thought it was going to be kind of like eat, pray, love, you move somewhere and you start all over. Um, <laughs> and for speaking gigs, you have, oh my gosh, why can't I not think of how to say this? It's like side hustle inception. <laughs> I don't want to say spoken. You, yeah, you've spoken a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm Catherine Furland, copy editor and digital specialist here at BCP. And unfortunately, I'm flying solo today as my co-host Kylie was unable to join us. Womp womp. She'll be dearly missed, but we'll catch her next time. We're here today with Ashley Kymack, the manager of member engagement at the Michigan Chamber of Commerce and the queen of side hustles. Now, whenever I think of side hustles, I always think of Ashley Kymack. She's one of my good friends, and she is killing it in a bunch of different side hustles throughout her career. And we're here today to talk about DIY marketing ideas for your side hustle. So sometimes when you have um, a business on the side that's not your full-time gig, it can be challenging to come up with the money or the time um, to market that so that you get more, more clients, more engagement, more what have you. Ashley? Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is my first real podcast that I'm on. <laughs> Your first real podcast? <laughs> Have you ever done a fake podcast? Define fake. I've done, a, <laughs> I've done a DIY podcast in my closet at home. And um, you've actually listened to it, and it was terrible. And I'm going to delete it so no one can ever listen to it ever again. <laughs> was it one of your attempts at a side hustle? It was, yeah, which is something I do want to talk about as we go uh, further into this conversation about knowing the difference between a hobby and an actual side hustle. Because <laughs> not everything you're going to do is going to generate income, i.e. our failed attempt at, my husband and I have failed attempt at creating a, a podcast. So. Yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to invite you here today is because you have tried anything and everything, <laughs> and I just really yeah. admire your chutzpah. Thank you. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about all the different side hustles you've done? What was your first one, and you know, where did it go from there? Yeah, absolutely. So I've pretty much tried everything, like you said. I think this whole exploration of side hustles for me started about three years ago. So my husband, Evan, and I, we moved from California to Michigan, and um, I didn't have a job at the time. We thought it was going to be kind of like eat, pray, love. You move somewhere and you start all over. Um, and <laughs> so we did that. He started law school, and I started being a wife, and I didn't have a job, and I needed income ASAP because I wasn't finding a job at the time. I didn't find a job, rather. So I thought about, you know, how can I generate income quickly to pay for bills and pay for food. So the first thing I did was babysit, which is so weird because I didn't have any friends or family in Michigan, and somehow I convinced people to let me watch their kids, which I think is super crazy <laughs> when I think about it. Um, but they, they trusted me, and I did a good job. Um, so I started babysitting, and I created a whole profile on care.com, and I was advertising. And then I quickly realized, okay, for the effort that I'm putting in this is not actually um, justifiable for the income that I'm generating from it. And so I started realizing I need to be more strategic about how I spend my time with my side hustles. From there, I started doing dog walking. Um, I tried to help people build their marketing platform, platforms. Excuse me. Um, then I started getting into exercise, which has been my most successful side hustle, doing um, spin. Um, from there, I did speaking gigs and consulting for fundraising, writing grants. I mean, everything. And as my skills developed throughout my career, I looked for ways to leverage those skills to develop my own side hustle. So why did you originally 
other than income, as you were saying, mm -hmm. why did you originally decide to get into these specific jobs? Yeah, so I think, well, when I talk to people about side hustles, what I found is that there's usually three main motivators behind someone wanting to get or start a side hustle, rather. Um, so usually it's passion-driven, so you're really passionate about something and you want to do it. You know, you're may maybe you're working a job that you aren't super passionate about, so you use passion projects and you generate income from that. So there's that motivator. There's income-based motivation, which was primarily mine originally. I just wanted extra income or I need a primary income at the time. And then there's skills-based motivation. So maybe you're at a job and you're not getting as much responsibility as you'd like and you want to develop skills faster, so you'd start doing side hustles. Um, so my original motivation behind it was primarily income-based. And so what I try to do is I thought about things that I could do very fast to generate income that wasn't skills heavy. Because um, I feel like the more intricate your, the skills are, or the more intricate a field is, um, the harder it is to prove that you can add value to it. So I kind of started backwards and I thought, well, I know how to watch kids. I've done that before. So let me do that. Or, you know, I'm I don't hate animals, so I guess I could walk somebody's dog. <laughs> so I started thinking of, you know, easy things like that. And then the more I did it, and as my own skill set started developing, I looked for ways to connect that to the marketplace. So, I mean, obviously you do photography and you're really good at it. So what made you want to do it? Because, you know, that's a side hustle for you too. So how did you get into that? I've been doing side hustles for a long time. So I actually started, um, my main side hustle gig is actually freelance writing. I've been doing that since I was 16. Now, granted, when I was 16, it was like articles in the local newspaper and I got $25 per article. <laughs> but when you're 16, $25 That's a lot of money. is a lot of money. Yeah. And so that kind of propelled me into um, future writing gigs, but then also photography. So I studied journalism in school. I was trained um, to do kind of more of the photojournalistic style of photography. And I really fell in love with doing portraits of people. Um, and I do like event photography too, but my passion is really portraits. So what are the current side hustles that you're doing at this moment? I primarily teach spin, and I also do speaking gigs. So I'm not getting as much from the income side as I'd like to for my speaking career, air quotes to that, but um, it's definitely giving me skills and networking that's been great, which is why I keep it on my docket. But those are the primary two that I have right now. So how do you find time to manage spin and speaking engagements with your full-time job? Yeah, this is a really, really great question and something that I like to spend a lot of time talking to people about when they talk to me about their interests of side hustles because I think oftentimes, and maybe it's just because our culture is so filtered nowadays and everything is kind of like, oh, it's great and there's no hard work associated with it. It actually is really hard when you want to create a side hustle and be good at it. Um, and you can probably attest to this with your photography and how much you've invested in it and how much time you have to put into it. Um, it's not something that you can just do willy nilly. I mean, you can, if you want to suck, but if you want to be good at whatever you're investing your time in, it's going to take time. So how you manage it. Um, I think first you need to have a healthy understanding of what your life is going to look like when you add additional priorities to it. So for my spin, um, I, right now I'm only teaching one class a week, which is doable, but I also take up a lot of, um, take on a lot of classes from other instructors who can't teach. So I do a lot of subbing. 
And um, it's only, it takes maybe about an hour to do a single class from setup to breakdown. But what goes on in it behind the scenes is all the promotion work that you have to do, um, all the, you know, graphics that you create. It's pretty much all on you. Like everything that you put into it, it's all on you. You don't have help. You don't have a team. It's not a company. It's just you. So that takes up time. Planning your playlist takes time. I mean, it can add up to about really, if I'm being honest, so maybe like 10 hours a week if you're really serious about it. And especially if you're trying to grow um, people, if you're trying to grow your network of supporters. So in order to sustain a side hustle, you need followers, you need clients, you need, you know, whatever. So let's uh, pivot a little bit and we'll talk about strategies that you've used in the past um, to to market your side hustles. So talk to me a little bit about your use of social media. Yeah, absolutely. Social media is so interesting. Oh my goodness. It's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> on, on one end, it could be really distracting and it can take time away from you. But on the other end, it can really help expand your brand. It can really help expand your business and help you get new clients and, and things like that. So I've primarily relied on social media heavily, especially when I first moved here from California, not having any network at all. I did a lot of weird stuff like stalking people on social media, like typing, oh, fitness and seeing like who is using that hashtag because that's my demographic um, and friending them and like messaging them. So I really heavily <laughs> use social media. Um, and I would say be bold with your social media and don't be afraid to, you know, direct message people sometimes or using a bunch of tags or um, tagging other companies on your posts, which I've done a lot too, because then, you know, they're audience will see what you're doing. Um, but yeah, social media is great. Um, I primarily put all of my advertising on that. But then also I would say um, word of mouth. It's so like, it sounds so old school, but it really does go a long way, um, especially with speaking. If you want to get into that space, public speaking, or maybe doing a podcast or something like that, um, it's really going to be reliant on who you know and who they know and, you know, building your image with them and building your brand. So the main two, I guess the main social media platforms that I utilize are Facebook and Instagram. Um, you know, there's Twitter, but I cannot do Twitter. I, you know, more power to the people that can do Twitter. I cannot do Twitter. It literally drains me of energy. It's just too fast. I can't keep up. And Twitter is like a different, I feel like Twitter works for politics, but it doesn't work for like creatives, at least not for me. So Instagram is perfect because it's all image based. It's really easy to capture someone's attention with a really nice graphic Facebook is great because people are on there to socialize naturally. And um, I wouldn't say that I would use Facebook for selling a product, but if you want to build your exposure and build your brand, then yes, perfect. I also sometimes use LinkedIn, but that's more for my speaking. So mm -hmm. I think understanding each platform and their benefits would be helpful too, because I see a lot of people, they just create a bunch of social media um they create a bunch of social media accounts and they don't really understand how each account has different goals and they're going to generate different outcomes. I think in the beginning, you know, there's going to be a lot of errors. I mean, there's some stuff that I look back on that I posted and I'm thinking, what in the world was I trying to communicate? Like that is so ugly, but I think <laughs> you have to give yourself some grace. Um, so if your content is not as good as you want it, just be consistent, just keep going and people will catch on. And then when you start developing a small following or when people start recognizing what you're doing, then I think it's, you know, it's necessary to start being more conscious about your overall content and your brand, or excuse me, um, your overall content and the look of it and the 
the quality of it and the feel of it. You know, if you're not a creative person, it might be a little more difficult, but I feel like there's so many applications out there now that is so easy to learn to make even the most basic graphic look 10 times better. So what type of tools do you use to elevate your content? So I love Canva, which, okay, as a professional, what do you think of Canva before I go into detail about Canva? We use it. Okay, good. And we use Adobe Spark and stuff like that. Yeah. And oh my goodness, it makes it so easy. It yes. helps you center everything. The fonts are very cute and trendy. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it really makes me feel like I'm like a more of a designer than I, I actually am. <laughs> so for the reasons that you just stated is exactly why I use Canva. And I actually used um, Adobe Spark to begin with too, and I totally forgot about that. But that was the first... Um, app that I use to, to design my flyers for my spin classes and things like that, or or if I was trying to advertise some speaking gig that I got booked for. And um, yeah, I, Adobe Spark is, is easy and easy to use, but I do think Canva is much better. I love it. It has so many different templates, templates and so many different fonts and everything. And I do feel like a designer. Now I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, I could start a whole new side hustle, but the joke's on me because it's not the same. Um, but yeah, I rely on Canva a lot. Um, I love it. I use all my, pretty much all my promotional flyers come from Canva and it's super cheap. I think it's like 99 cents to download maybe. And then you can pay $5 if you want more templates and stuff like that. But it's super easy to use. Um, there, I, I, there was a time where I was doing YouTube videos, which didn't generate income, which goes back to my whole other thing be between the difference of a side hustle and a hobby. But for that, I used Adobe Premiere Pro. Oh, yeah. Super fancy, guys. Super expensive, too. So think twice before downloading that. Um, but if you're in the YouTube space and you're trying to monetize your videos and you really want to get into that, I would recommend investing in that. Um, but pretty much Canva. I mean, most of my things, most of my promotional marketing materials are just graphics or me talking in a video through Instagram. I mean, it doesn't have to be super complicated um, for you to, to start building content. And I think you just develop as your audience develops. And you'll know when, when their needs start becoming a little more complicated than what you can give. And then I would say partner with other people. Okay, so you mentioned Canva. Obviously, we both use that mm -hmm. and Adobe Spark. But is there anything else that you use? And also, how did you get better at photography? I mean, I feel like obviously you're, you have to have an eye. But as you developed and started doing more of your side hustles, I'm wondering if there was anything that you did differently or if there was any apps that taught you how to edit better or anything like that. I don't know if I necessarily used apps that taught me how to edit better, but I just got better at doing portraits and photography by... Um, by having clients that were just really gracious and had a lot of time for me to like play around with the, yeah. you know, with the shots. Um, for example, I took a lot of Christmas card shots for um, a close friend of mine, her and her family. And she was always just really good about me being like, wait, hold on, that wasn't quite right. Let me go back and do that again. Can you get, you know, she, she, she had a, a two-year-old son. And I was like, can you get him to do that again? Because I really want to try it again. And, you know, and I really want to try this new thing. And um, she was really gracious about that. But um, I got better at it just by doing it. And whenever the benefit of it being a side hustle is that I have just a little more time to mm -hmm. plan out a shoot. And so, for example, when I did your spin photos, mm -hmm. I had time to think about what the setup would be, what kind of shots I wanted. And I experimented with new lighting and some of, some of the shots turned out really great. And some of them were like, Oh, that was a swing and a miss. <laughs> well, um, the ones that I saw were perfect. So <laughs> there's a reason that you didn't see the swings and the misses.
interact and engage with your side hustle audience on social media? Yeah. So um, what I found, especially in the fitness world, you are going to meet a lot of new faces. There's always people trying a fitness class, at least for the first time or whatever. Maybe they heard of your gym and and they're there. The point is you got about 45 or an hour to 45 minutes or an hour to basically make that person who's in your class a believer in your brand. (laughs) And so it takes more than just giving a good class. It means connecting with them. So what I would do is when it's, when anyone would take my class, I would connect with them right away after and say, you know, thanks for coming and you're great and you're part of the Spin Babe family and whatever. And I would get their social media. I'm like, are you on Facebook? Are you on Instagram? Let's follow each other. And then from there, it's just, you know, because they follow me now, they're going to constantly um, see my posts and they're going to be in this whole new community that I've created. So that's step one. And then step two, now you have their attention. You're connected with them. They're entered into your world. Now you got to keep their attention. So I would do things like giveaways um, to increase my class uh, participation and class attendance. There was one giveaway where um, I think I gave a free water bottle, which sounds cheap. Okay, I know it sounds cheap, but these water bottles were very expensive and high quality. And so my students knew that it was a good uh, promotion. And so um, I gave away a free water bottle. I gave some other random gifts. But the whole incentive was if you came to three classes out of a week or three classes out of two weeks, you will be eligible to win this giveaway. And so the whole point is, you know, people want content that reflects who they are or gives them something out of it. Have you ever networked with another person who was also doing a side hustle? Yes, absolutely. You know what? Oh my goodness. I love this part of the conversation. I'm getting so excited. If you guys could see me, my my smile is so big. Because I think that's another benefit of entering the space of side hustles. You get to meet so many talented people and so many hungry, driven individuals who have their own talents that you can either collaborate with or just talk to. Um, So I'm actually collaborating with uh, a former colleague of mine. Her name is Addie, and she's amazing. She's, like, super creative. She's starting her own business. Um, She's, like, diving deep into it. She's starting a business. I'm just doing side hustles. But I'm able to collaborate with her, and she gets it. And then I collaborated with you. You took my pictures when I first realized I need to get some actual pictures of me on the bike, not my little iPhone pictures that are like super blurry. Um, But yeah, it's just, I don't know. I feel like there's this whole community and and maybe you can talk to it a little bit if you've experienced it, but there definitely is a community of people who, you know, they have their main job, but they have some talent on the side that they're trying to get better at, or they're trying to, you know, develop and just connecting with those people is just super awesome. And you, you get to expand your professional network by doing that. And so not only can you trade, you know, tips and tricks and talk about, you know, like the specs of the camera and kind of the latest thing that you're working on, um, but you also get an opportunity to share clients sometimes. Sometimes um, this has happened to me and I've also done this to other people. You get an inquiry like, hey, can you take headshots for my mom or whatever? And I'm like, (laughs) oh, I actually can't. But I know another, you know, person who who could help you out, who does this on the side, you know, who would charge you a reasonable rate. And I've had that happen to me too. I've gotten business from people who um, just couldn't take it on right then. And so, right, building that network is such a benefit. Oh yeah, absolutely. So how did you find clients? Friends, word of mouth, just like you were talking about. Um, Yeah, so I mostly started doing it for my friends and then, you know, people at church hear about it and... Um, I worked as a photographer for a brief time, so um, I'm still in touch with some of those people that I previously worked with. So what's one piece of advice you'd have for someone who just started their first side hustle and isn't quite sure how to dive in? 
Yeah. So I actually have three pieces of advice. And I'll Over leave it in. <laughs> I feel like when you put things in three, they're more memorable. Um, okay. So my first piece of advice is know why you're doing it. I think that's the most important thing to consider and to think about before you start anything. Otherwise, you're just going to waste a lot of money or you're going to waste a lot of time. And so knowing that will give you a frame by which to work in and it'll help you realize, you know, how much money are you going to invest in it, if any at all? You know, how much time is it going to be? Is it going to be labor intensive? Is it going to give something back to you that you can put directly in your resume or whatever? And then I would say um, get into the habit of leveraging the skills and the network you gain from your side hustles. Otherwise, it's just for not. I mean, I think, sure, if you're doing it primarily for income, like I started off, then maybe you won't develop a lot of skills or you won't develop a network. But I'm convinced that anything you spend your time in is going to be beneficial in some way or another. And there's going to be people that you meet and there's going to be skills that you gain. And so I think if you get in the habit of looking at your side hustles as a stepping stone to whatever you want long term in life, whether it's a better career, whether you are trying to be an entrepreneur and start your own business, but get in the habit of looking at those wins that you make and those skills that you're gaining and the people that you meet because it can all help you in the long term, whether it's directly reflected in your resume or whether it's skills that you gain from it that can directly benefit your primary job. And then lastly, help other people. I really hate when I hear people who were super successful with their side hustles and they're this icon and they don't take the time to help other people do it. It really bothers me because... I feel like if you're good at it and you made it work, you owe it to other people to help them out. Those are my three pieces of advice. Uh, know why you're doing it, leverage the skills and network you gain from it, and help other people along the way. All right. Thanks for joining us, Ashley. Thank you so much. Follow me on social media. You can, if you want to take one of my spin classes, my Instagram is at spinbabeco, spinbabeco. So hope to see you guys soon. Thanks for listening today. You can find all of Ashley's social information in our show notes below. You can listen to the rest of our podcasts on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. You can also find them on our website, blowncreative.com. Catch you next time.